0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on sport And right, On this Valentine's Day, we hit the fan a little past 6, take you to little Steve Summers at 6.30, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, uh, brought to you by those who drink it each and every day. Uh, so welcome, everybody, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to all those uh, in the audience and everywhere. Uh, so I hope everybody's had a quiet and a happy one, because you don't want a... If you're uh, someone who has, uh, you know, another half you don't want to or, you know, is married or has a longstanding person in your life, you want to make sure that Valentine's Day is a very positive one. That's for sure. So a couple of things here. Number one, med ownership. You know. I know there's been some stories the last couple of days and what they the stories told you was a couple of things that I had told you in the past. Number one, that the Wilpons didn't have to sell the team, which has been brought out in these stories. Uh, they choose to sell the team for state reasons and for, listen, whatever reason. They ha- they want to cash in, which is fine. I mean, that's part of it. Now you're going to hear, now that the cone deal is dead or is uh you are going to hear all these... Different names come forward. Listen. Now the first one you hear is A Rod's. A Rod would be a Jeter type owner in that he would be a front man. He would not be the person. He doesn't have the money necessary to buy a three billion dollar team or a team that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of two point eight to three billion dollars in a sale. You have to have someone who has an outrageous amount of wealth that's a billionaire. To be the front man. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't put a group together. He could, just like Gita did. Now, the price of the Mets is far more than the Marlins. But, again, these players can be the front guys here, but they can't be the main money guy. So there's going to be a – if that if that were to happen and – I don't think it's outlandish to think A-Rod could have a group. But if there's a group, there's going to be another name, and that other name is going to be someone who has very, very deep pockets and will be a billion-dollar-plus guy. There will be one of those in the deal. It will not be A-Rod who will provide that kind of wealth because he couldn't. Now, He's also a very long shot for this. The name that you will hear, I think, emerge again is Steve Cohns, because there is a lot, of, a lot of buzz that he is readying a conventional offer that would have him buy the entire team. Now, whether that will be revisited, whether baseball has any issues with that, whether the Wilpons have any issue with that, what would they care if the Wilpons have gotten off, and I think eventually if they want to sell the team, they will have to get off the idea of controlling it for any number of years. They have to turn it into more of a conventional sale. I think that will be something they'll have to do. Otherwise, they won't get it sold. But if they will back off that, and I believe they will, then I think he is a guy who you could easily see doing an about-face. He owns 8% of the team. He clearly has the money to buy the team. He has the interest in buying the team. So if they can iron out whatever their difficulties were and make it a more pleasant negotiations, then I think he is still the favorite in the clubhouse to be the buyer of the team. I don't think he would be ruled out for any reason. I don't believe the reports, and there were a couple of them, that baseball didn't want him as an owner. If they didn't want him as an owner, he would never have been the candidate he was before it fell apart. That would, he would have been stopped long ago. They know all of – this guy has been a very visible player, and he's been a very visible player on Wall Street. What's known, Everything that you need to know about him is known. There are no secrets here. He is incredibly wealthy. We understand the problems he's had. They are, you can read about them. You can go online and read about them. You can go read the, the money he had to pay out. You know what the fines were. You can see the whole thing. So it's all very visible. That will not keep him from being the, the guy who buys the team. And I would still put him at the top of the list. Because he has the money, and there will not be anybody probably come forward who will be wealthier than he will be in, in looking to buy the team. He doesn't need any partners. He doesn't need any help. doesn't need anything. just needs the Wilpons to get out of the way. So I would think Steve Cohen is still the favorite to buy the team in the long run. Until you hear that he is officially out of it, and that would be because he and the Wilpons just can't make any agreements because they have fallen on some hard times here in these negotiations. What they tried to do is a very hard thing to do. And I think once they have decided to sell the team, and it's my understanding they have decided to still sell the team, they understand that they are not going to be able to do it and sell it, despite the fact that they again put forth stories this week that that is what their plan is, to sell it in that way. If they want to sell it, and I think they do, they're going to have to back off that. Because that's not a plausible situation. And it's one that baseball shouldn't even tolerate. It's not good for the team. Not good for the sport, not good for the team. It's going to lead to major conflicts. There's no way around it. If you sell something, you need to vacate the premises. You can't stay in the guest house. Especially can't stay in the guest house and still decide you're going to run the estate. It's not going to happen. So it's an illogical process to begin with. But I think there's a much greater chance that Stevie Cohn will be the, uh, the Stevie Combe will be the buyer of the Mets than any group of Alex Rodriguez will be the buyer of the Mets. I think the odds on that are very, very slim that he would be the buyer. Now I do I don't think as some people have uh, stated today that Avon would be completely, uh, you know a choice that baseball would have a major problem with where automatically he would be invalidated because of the steroid stuff. I don't buy that. I don't think one would have anything to do with the other. I think if his bid. Now remember his bid would include somebody who has a lot more money than he has as part of the group. He would not be the majority player. There would be a majority player and that majority player, once he's vetted and he has real money, which means he has serious money You're talking about having a billion dollars now to do this. Because the team is going to be worth somewhere around anywhere from two, six to three two, six to three billion, depending on you know what goes and what doesn't go in the deal. Brody going after Zach Wheeler, listen, there are a few better guys than Zach Wheeler. Mets have a lot of good guys on that team this year, last year. The, you know last year's team into this year's team, they have a lot of really good guys on this team. I mean, really guys you can root for. And none of them were any nicer ever than Zach Wheeler. And if Zach felt that, you know, the Mets didn't make an offer, so what? I mean, why would Brody get so upset by having a former player say that the Mets just didn't react well? You know what? Then he has to slap him with, well, you know, surprised and disappointed. You know, we feel like we supported him. He contributed two good half seasons. That's just, you know what? Be, th- be be be, th- have a thicker skin than that. Just say, you know what, he didn't fit our budget. Case closed. Let it go. He's a good kid. He was always a good guy to have. He was a he's a class kid. He really is. Just have a thicker skin, Brody, than that. Why? in Indy only had two good halves, and we did everything, and look, he winds up making $118 million Basically, basically what Brody was saying. Hey, he fooled somebody into giving him $118 million. He wasn't going to fool us. Well, you know what? There are a lot of people who think Zach Wheeler's got a tremendous amount of talent. And he's shown himself the last couple of years to be durable, and he's shown himself to be able to go deep in games, and you know what? He's got some ability. And people think they can win with him, especially if you put together and know what to do in a bullpen. And I think the Phillies and Girardi will be one of them. So I just think Brody just showed himself to be really thin skinned on this one. Let it go, Brody. Let the kid have his moment. And if he was a little upset that the mess didn't be able, so be it. That's his, you know, that was his home fate years. And yes, he got his money. He got his money because he's got ability. That's why he's got his money. He showed promise, he showed ability. And pitchers always get, starting pitchers always get overpaid. We all know that. That's why when I talk about guys not becoming relievers when they're starters, the reason why is exactly what you just see here how Willie gets $118 million, despite the fact being injured a lot back after this. You know, I've known Jeff Van Gundy since he was a quiet assistant, okay? And. Would, he would never have thought he would have ever morphed into the guy he's become doing the finals with Breen and Mark Jackson as this kind of, you know, uncontrollable, crazy guy on the air that he's become, you know. He reminds me of Billy Packer in that regard because they're very different in person than they are when they're on the air, um, but Van Gundy's a good guy, really good guy, and like I said, I've known him since he was an assistant, and he and I have always been close and I've known him since, you know, when, went through the years when he was a, you know, a top coach and everything else. But the reason I bring it up is last year, you might remember, he went off about Breen should be in the Hall of Fame, that he should get the Kirk Gowdy Award because he's done it 14 NBA finals and that he just didn't get the credit because he's got a little more of an unassuming style and he followed Marv Albert and everything else and blah, blah, blah. Well, Don't think that didn't have an impact because it clearly did because now, and rightly so, Breeny got into the Hall of Fame. So Breeny gets the award this year, and I'm sure knowing Mike Breeny as long as I do, and I know him, you know, too long. um, I'm sure that means more to him than if you could ask one Hall of Fame Breeny would get into, the one he wanted to get into would be the NBA Hall of Fame. You know, the, the best. The... Basketball Hall of Fame. I know it's both, so it's 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 different in basketball, but the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. Okay. He gets the Gowdy Award as the media guy getting in this year, so congratulations to him. He deserves it. He's done the fine if you get to do the NBA Finals for fourteen years in a row, you should be in the Hall of Fame. That if you're at the top of your sport for fourteen years, you should be in that sports hall of fame. That's all there is to it. You know, you've been the voice of the league for the guy who does the finals is the voice of the league. He's been the voice of the league for all these years. He eats, drinks, and sleeps basketball other than golf, which he does also in the off season, but he loves basketball. And, you know, he's, Except for being too protective of the officials, which is a floor he has. I mean, he just does, uh, you know. And he'll yell at me about it on the golf course, or he'll yell about it all year when I get on the officials. But it, and he yells on and Jeff get on the officials, or Mark get on the officials, and they rightfully get on the officials. But he always protects the officials, which we know. But he belongs in the Hall of Fame, and he's going to go in. It looks like what a heck of a group. So you got Kobe Bryant, you got. Now, these are the guys who are the finalists. Tell me which one of these guys wouldn't get in. Kobe Bryant, Locke. Tim Duncan, Locke. Kevin Garnett, Locke. Rudy Tomjanovich, Locke. Eddie Sutton, Locke. Eddie Sutton, one of the best coaches that I ever saw in college basketball. Great. And a really good guy. Eddie Sutton, I told you, I've made this comment before. Through the year, one of the things I always like to do is I'd like to sit around practice when we were going in to do a game or when I'd be at, a, at an arena with a coach that I was going to do his game the next day. I'd sit around practice the day before talking about teams and this and that. And There were two guys that had great opinions about other teams, Eddie Sutton and Jim Beheim. They watched everything. They not only watched everything. So if Bayhide told you this team out west could really play, you put that in the back of your head because that team could really play. And the same thing is true with Eddie Sutton. When Eddie Sutton would tell you, and I'd sit with Eddie Sutton and he'd tell me about this team or this guy, or hey, we played this guy the other night, man. They had this little point guard. And you'd store that away, and it would always turn out to be true. Eddie Sutton was great at that. He had a, and he was a great coach and a great defensive coach. And just a really an underrated legendary coach, Rudy T. You know what he did, uh, Garnett, tremendous all-around player who will actually be overshadowed here by the great Tim Duncan, who's one of the ten greatest players of all time, and then of course he will be overshadowed by the iconic, you know, figure that is Kobe Bryant, especially now. So they are the – that's a heck of a group. Throw Brini in there. And then on the women's side, Tamika Catchings, Kim Mulkey. From the women's side, they're both locks. Barbara Stevens. So that group, that's a heck of a group. And then throw Brini in as the Gowdy winner, and they got a great group there. So congratulations to all of them, to Kobe's family, to Duncan, to Garnett, to Sutton, to Tom Janovich. Um, Not one of them wouldn't get in. I mean they're all finalists but they'll all get in. And uh and Brini gets the Gowdy Award, so and very deserving. So congratulations to Brini for that. He deserves that. And Van Gundy was was complaining about it last March. I mean last May. He was yelling about it that Brini should get in. And and now look at that. Brini gets in. So good for him. He did a good job with that. All right. So that's a, that's a good thing. I'm glad to hear it. He deserves it. Like I said, if you do an NBA Finals, if you're a play-by-play guy and you ascend and you do it. Now, he's done the Knicks all these years, as we know. But, and he does 50 games a year, and then he goes off and does his other stuff that he does nationally. But you do the Finals in your lifetime, and you made it to the big time. If you do the Finals for 14 straight years, man, you're a fixture. That's unbelievable. I mean, when you get to do the, your, the NBA finals or do anything, the World Series, uh, Super Bowl, and you get to do one, when you get to do these things, you know, over and over and over, and you spend 20 years, at, I mean, he's already done it for 14 years, and he's not slowing down. He's got, he's got years left. He's got plenty of years left. He could definitely hit 20 years or more. I mean, they'll have to throw him out the door with the. With, they'll have to throw him out the door with the car running. He's not going to leave. I can tell you that right now, man. This is his love. He's not going to leave. Nobody likes the NBA more than Brady. Nobody. He he eats and sleeps and drinks it. So that's it. That's what. And, and listen, he's a big golfer. He loves the Mets. He's a good sports guy. Okay, but he is Mister NBA. That's what he lives for. He really does. So the fact that he gets in, I'm very happy for him. He deserves it. He does deserve it. Where's the call? Where are we? we got him? We we, no calls. We, hey, I didn't. Oh, did I pitch on the yeah, air? I didn't say that. So let me get a couple in. If we, I promise you, from now on, folks, take it as a given that I will uh, try to squeeze a couple in at the end of the show. So if I don't mention it early, just take it as a given and just jump on if you want to get in. If I if I don't have time, I won't take them. Uh, but I always tell the guys now last couple of days, you know what? And sometimes I know that no one's thinking I'm going to take any so they don't call in because they don't think I'm not going to take any. But you know what? I will promise that most nights I will try to squeeze a couple in at the end of the show no matter what. So uh, just take that as a given uh, most nights now that we will try at the last five minutes or so, so of each of the half hours I will try because I've got a lot of people tell me, uh, and send me different notes and send me letters and call me and tell me different things that hey try to squeeze a couple of calls in we like it when you get a couple of calls in each show so I'm try I will try to do that. When you have a half hour if you got a lot going on that night and you gotta get a couple of commercials in, it's not that easy to do. But we will try most nights to end the program with a couple of callers uh, almost every night. So let's treat that as a given, and I'll try to mention it at the top of the hour, half hour so that you guys are ready to go at the uh, bottom in case we get them in. But uh, we will try to do that almost every day now when we can. I, and we might not get to it every day. Some days we might uh, fall short. We might have too many things to that are on our, on the table at night. If we have a guest, you can pretty much figure that it's it's probably not going to happen. Although, in the half hour, I'm not going to try and put too many guests unless I have something special going on, you know, uh, or something that is, you know, very meaningful or unique, uh, then I'm not going to put a guest up just for guest's sake, I, uh, to have a guest, only if it's fits or it's something that uh, we're doing that is thematic to the program. Otherwise, I will uh, not do that in the half hour, but I will probably, I will promise I will try to squeeze a couple in each night before we say goodbye. All right, steven Home Dell, what's up? Hey Mike, how you doing? Good. What's happening? I know you. I, I know you're pressed for time. I'll just say one thing. You know, yesterday all your comments regarding the Astros and the weak apologies and all that—obviously, right on. Also, the fact that the the Astros won't be coming into Yankee Stadium until September is also unfortunate. But how do you see this playing out for the rest of this year? It's just—it uh, seems it gets worse by the day. It will. And it, they, they had a chance. And thanks for the call. They had a chance yesterday to not get past it, because they can't get past this in a day, but they had a chance, the best way to handle that would have been one exhaustive day of standing there and taking every question. Not be evasive. Say, you know what? Anybody else have any more questions? Let's do this today. If I was Altuve, I would have stood there and say, hey, give it to me. You got a question? Did I wear a device when I hit the home run? No, I was wearing nothing, okay? Did I do this? No. Did we steal signs? Yes. Here's what we did. We didn't do it. We did it till then. We didn't do it in this series. We didn't do it in this series. Anything else? Any other questions? Until they didn't have any questions left. When they didn't have any questions left, I would say thank you. That would have been it. When you would have, if you're not running away, the questions will go away. When you are running from the questions and being completely evasive, the questions will be lined up from here to kingdom come. They went to the podium yesterday, the players, spoke for 90 seconds. They were stiff, they were evasive, they were robotic, and they were not the least bit sorry for what they did. Plus, none of the players... They never said they felt bad that anybody lost their job. Not their general manager, not their manager, not their good friend Carlos Beltran, not Cora. All these people lost their jobs. They never said they were sorry that anybody lost their job. So they could care less about those people losing their job. They never even mentioned it. All they wanted to do was say, we're ready to move on. We're ready to move on. And every time they go in there and they get asked a question and they answer with, well, baseball never found. Fa- when uh, when Tuve was asked yesterday about his at bat against Chapman, he said baseball didn't find that I was doing anything wrong. Well, that shouldn't be your answer. Your answer should be I didn't do anything wrong. Not that baseball didn't find I didn't do anything wrong. How could baseball find that you did something wrong when all baseball did was hope that your answer would be, I didn't do anything wrong? Jose, do you wear a wire? No. Okay, good. Great. Thank God. What do you think? They want to find this stuff? Baseball's not going in there like they're in the FBI looking to find stuff. They don't want to find anything. They granted the players immunity on the way in the door. But people paid with their jobs, and these guys never once, not one time, did they say, you know what, I feel bad that my manager lost his job. I feel bad that Carlos Beltran lost his job. I feel bad that Cora lost his job or the general manager lost his job. They could care less. They don't care that they lost their job at all. I right, hope everybody has a very nice Valentine's Day. Steve Summers is next. We're brought to you each and every evening by Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it. We'll see you uh, next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.